Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. We're ending family vibes today. Turn your neighbor and go, aw, right? Aw, man. You know what? I talked to somebody, I talked to someone last week, and they said, my very first time, uh, I think you're here, my very first time was the very first Family Vibes. We've been in this sucker for seven weeks. And she said, I've been here every single Sunday to hear every single vibe. Isn't that amazing? I think that's awesome. It's incredible. Now remember, a vibe is culture. A vibe is how we feel. A vibe is the atmosphere given up. If I go to your house, you're going to have a certain vibe. If I hang out with you, there's going to be a certain vibe. Some of it's a great vibe. Some of it might be a little scary. How many of you I'm talking about? Nudge your neighbor. I'm kidding. Don't do that. But there's a vibe that we give up. But remember, vibe is culture. Culture is not vision or values. What we've been talking about for seven weeks is the culture of Avenue Church, which is the same culture we just see in our marriage, we just see in our families. But today I want to end this series with spiritual growth. I want to end this series today to say, hey, we're part of the family. So the title of my message today is called, It's a Family Thing. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, it's a family thing. All right, turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, it's a family thing. It's a family thing. Now, I grew up, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in North Dakota, all right? I grew up in North Dakota. My wife did not, okay? And my wife grew up here in East Las Vegas. Come on, somebody. And so she grew up in Vegas. I grew up in Dakota. I lived in Alabama, North Carolina. And then I moved here to the great state of Nevada. And I love, how many love our city? I love Las Vegas. I love our city. And so if you're here today and you're like, I can't wait for the Lord to move me out, God has you here for a reason in Jesus' name. And so I grew up in North Dakota. And when I grew up, my parents divorced when I was around eight or nine years old. And it was only my older brother and my younger sister. And when they divorced, they both remarried. Within like two years, they both remarried. And all of a sudden, bam, I have 10 siblings now. I have 10 brothers and sisters, all right? I never had alone time. I, I don't know. I will just take my hearing aid out and enjoy myself. I had no privacy. And so growing up, we had a house that the door was always open. How many do that today, right? Nobody. The door was always unlocked. It was always open. We had a kind of a home. <laughs> we kind of had the home where people can come in. I saw somebody going, oh, Jesus. We had the home where people could come in and come and go as they please. Now, to this day, I still kind of emulate that, all right? My truck's unlocked. My house is unlocked. I mean, one day my wife was like, you let the back patio door unlocked. I'm like, you're Jesus, right? Like, it's okay. But how many know you can take a girl out of east side, but you can't take east side out of the girl? Well, I love about my girl, right? She knows how to stab and twist. Come on. She'll bleed out. She knows all about it. And it's awesome. I mean, we'll be in the middle of nowhere. We'll get out of the car. She'll be like, did you lock the car? I'm like, hey, give me a minute, you know? She'll lock everything up. It's like when we bought our house, she's like, it's only got one deadbolt. We need four deadbolts. Come on, pop, 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 pop. But growing up, I had the kind of house that had an open-door policy. It was always open. People would come and people would go. I remember one night, it was a rare night. All my brothers were out of their games, out with their friends, out doing other things mother did not approve of. But guess what? I had the house to myself. I remember how excited I was. I went to the pantry. I grabbed all kinds of food. I went to the fridge. I grabbed my favorite Kool-Aid. Come on, somebody. And so I went down. How many remember that Kool-Aid, right? You make it like this. Come on. And so had my favorite Kool-Aid. I went downstairs. I was sitting on the couch. I was ready just to watch TV. I was excited to have the house to myself. 
But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a kid walks in. And I went, I thought I was home alone. Who are you? What's going on? I'd never met him. Never seen him before. He walked in. He had food in his hand. He had a Kool-Aid from one of my kitchen cups, right? And he sat down next to me, and it was, he didn't say nothing. He just walked in, sat down next to me, and I went, I paused and I said, who are you? (laughs) What are you doing in my house? He said, oh, my name is so-and-so. I'm part of Bryce, your brother's baseball team. And my mama said, just find the nearest house. Use the landline, call her, give her the address, and she'll come pick him up. And I knew Bryce's house was always open. I went, that's kind of messed up, right? Give me that food. But he knew that he needed a safe place to go because when it gets dark out, it's not safe out there, and he needed a safe place to go. I tell you that story because that's the way Avenue Church is. Avenue Church, our door is always open. Everyone is always welcome. You can come on into our house, even if you're, if you're new with us today. Come on in our house, eat our food, take what we got, buy some merch. I want you to enjoy life. But I want you to know this is a safe place to be. Tell your neighbor out loud, say, it's a family thing. It's a family thing that we got going on here at Avenue Church. Listen to me, this is a safe place. This is a safe place to grow. It's a safe place to heal. And this is where it is for me right here. If you've been burned by church, burned by people, by ministers, hurt in the past, this is a safe place to heal. This is a safe place to be because God loves you and he wants to heal you. This is a safe place to develop. It's a safe place to grow. This is a safe place to make an eternal difference. Can I get an amen right there? This is a safe place. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 through 6, in the message translation, I just love the way it, it, it paraphrases this scripture. And it says, long before God laid down the earth's foundations. And somebody needs to hear this today. Long before God created the earth, long before he placed the earth's foundation, he had you in mind. He was thinking of you. Right here in 2019, he had you in mind. He settled on us as his focus for his love. God loves you to be made whole and holy by his love. Leave that up right there for a second. Now I want you to understand this. At Avenue Church, our goal is not just to have fun. And I love having fun in church. I got to have fun in church. I believe church can be enjoyed, not endured. Can I get an amen? Right? You're like, how long is this service? Two hours. Oh, dear God. Right? I don't believe church can be endured. I believe church can be enjoyed because the Holy Spirit's here. But the goal at Avenue Church is not just to have fun but it's to be holy. Can I get an amen right there? Come on, I got a little quiet here. Oh, sweet Jesus, right? But you know what holiness is? Holiness is a process. That God make me whole and make me holy. By not what I do, but by who you are. By your love. Make me whole and make me holy. Long ago, God decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. You know what I used to tell? I used to be a youth pastor. I used to tell our students, the Bible says brothers and sisters. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're your brother. You're my brother. You're my sister. And they would do it. And they'd laugh. You're my brother. You're my sister. Right? And they'd laugh. And then I'd go, okay. Now, how many know you don't date your brothers or your sisters? they laugh. Right? Right? But how many know we really are a part of the family of God? That there's churches in this valley. Guess what? We family. If you believe in the same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead, we're family up in here. But how many know it's a family thing at Avenue Church? He said, what pleasure he took in planning this. 
Do you want us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son? What's that lavish gift that he gave to us? Called salvation. The free gift by faith that we're saved through grace, not of ourselves, of what Jesus Christ has done. And that's what it's all about. That when you're part of the family, God had you in mind. When you're part of the family, you'll be made whole. You'll be made holy. When you're part of the family, you're now adopted. Who's your daddy? Jesus. Come on, somebody. We're part of the family. But here's what you need to know. There's many steps that we have in Avenue Church. We have steps that we want people to know God. I don't want you to know church. I want you to know God. I want you to find freedom. I want you to discover purpose. I want you to, to make an eternal difference. That it's all connected. That as you grow, you're going to serve. As you grow and make a difference, you want to help others make an eternal difference. And so many of us, we know the vision of our church. But I want to tell you some steps that we could take. There, there are some people that many of us were all in different journeys in this thing called life. But here at Avenue Church, we got kind of four places that I've boiled down in kind of a different phrase. And the first one is, number one, is maybe you're part of the crowd. We're part of the crowd. And listen to me, the crowd is okay. The crowd is the area where you just come and you see. You come to Avenue Church and just see what we're all about. Come to see what the presence of God is like. Come and see that all the impact and all the things that we're doing. And if you're part of the crowd, if you're coming here and you're attending, I want you to know there's no expectations on you. I want you to just come. Come week after week. Come once a month. Come when you can. But we want you to come and we want you to see that you're not part of us yet, but you're just checking us out. I'm not expecting you to give. I'm not expecting you to serve. We're not expecting anything of you. But I want you to know that I will say this. Thank goodness. I like having a church that isn't just full of church people. Can I get a, a bigger amen right there? I'm glad we got a church that's diverse, a church that's in different journeys in their walk with Jesus Christ. But this is a come as you are, belong before you believe type of church. That at the movies, it's going to be a powerful outreach. But at the movies, it's the place where we can go into your crowd and say, hey, listen, there's a great place called Avenue Church. We're watching movies this month. Come and get free popcorn. Come get your photo taken. And we're going to hear a great message about a movie. But I want to encourage you that there's the, the crowd. Those that are close to you, but they're far from God. And listen to me, church. They're close to you for a reason. They're attracted to the God that's living inside of you. They're close to you for a reason, not by accident, not by choice. There's a coworker right now where you got your cubicle and you can see the top of your head and they driving you nuts and God's saying, I placed them in your path for a reason, for a purpose, because God loves planning these kinds of things. I believe nobody, no, there, there's, there's no, no uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no uh, consequent, da, 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 karma, what am I looking for? Come on, somebody help me out here. No coincidences, thank you very much. All right, number two, welcome to Avenue Church. Number two, congregation. Number two is congregation. Now, congregation is just a fancy word for gathering of worshipers. We're gathered together under one roof to praise God. How many know eventually we're going to have multi-site? Eventually we're going to be across the pond, across the ocean, across the world, making a total difference. But right now, we're a congregation, meaning just come and join. Come be with us. Come join the family. Now, congregation, right here between crowd and congregation, you've taken a journey of knowing God. You've given Jesus Christ your heart. You raise your hand, put it right back down. I said, yes, I see that hand. I love it when every single person raises a hand, put it up, put it up right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. 
But I love it, not, not in the hand raising, but in the prayer that you pray. You say, Lord, come into my heart, be Lord of my life. Change me. Change me. What does that mean? You're joining the family of God. That you're part of the family. You've been adopted by accepting Jesus. Here in this portion, you, you attend every single week at Avenue Church. You go to Grouch Rack. You become a member of our church, an owner of our church. You're discovering your unique design, how God created you on purpose, for a purpose. And if you're in crowd step and you're yet to take the congregation step, I'm here to say I would be honored to be your pastor. I would be honored to have you join our family. Number one is the crowd. Number two is congregation. Number three is commitment. I am committed. That means I want you to come and grow. This is the discipleship portion of our church. Did you know you grow in the context of relationship? That's why we have small group. Raise your hand real quick. If you're in a small group, been to a small group, join a small group. What? Woo! Right? That's what small group's all about. I love Sunday morning, but change happens in relationship. You don't need a sage on the stage. You need a friend in your life. You need a friend in your life. So I love our small groups that we have. I have a group I'm starting in North Las Vegas. Where are my North Las Vegas people at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got men that were getting together in North Las Vegas doing a Bible study. I love our Avenue youth. They have doubled in size. You hear that, Avenue? Woo! I'm learning. They have doubled in size in their small group. I love our seniors' corner in the lobby. Give it up for our seniors. Right there. <laughs> they don't know what that means, right? I love all that God is doing. I love our cooking groups. I love that our prayer group, our prayer group is exploding. Give it up for our prayer team, all right? Give it up. Because our prayer team, they're not going to hoot and holler. They're going to be like, praise, praise the Lord, right? <laughs> Sorry. I love our groups. We have sports groups. We have knitting, game night. We have groups all over the city because we're doing life together. We're committed. We're committed to growing. So I encourage you, come and grow. Let's, let's just learn about Jesus together. That I'm so thrilled that Jesus gets you first at Avenue Church. We're not perfect, but we glorify God. Number four is the core. It's the core. And the core group is those that just come and those that serve. Can we give it up for our mighty A-team here at Avenue Church? Give it up for our A-team. Our A-team's amazing. They're incredible. Somebody asked me the other day, what's A-team stand for? Avenue team. Come on. Mind blown, right? I love it when a plan comes together. But our A-team's amazing. They serve every single week. They serve one, worship one. They're making an eternal difference. And I'm here to share with you, our A-team's incredible, but we would be better with you on that team. We would be better with you serving. We'll be better with having you make an eternal difference. That found people serve people. I'm here to share with you today. So many times we have this confusion. We say, I serve the Lord. And I do that by praying, my, praying, reading my word. That's great. That's amazing. Listening to messages on YouTube. Put Pastor Jeremy on repeat. Come on, somebody. Right? I serve the Lord. But I'm here to tell you, you can't only just serve the Lord and ignore people. If, God, if you love God, God loves people. So if you want to serve the Lord, you can't but help but to serve people. Because God loves people. God didn't say, I came to be served. 
and not serve. God said, I came to serve, not to be served. I came as a ransom for many. And as we begin to discover who we are, we can't help but to go. So there's the core that the people that love, that God loves people, therefore we love people. Magic Johnson, he was an NBA uh, player just this week. Magic Johnson announced that he's leaving the NBA. He's leaving investments. He's leaving all that. And he's leaving the NBA so he can serve and volunteer more at his church. Can I get a witness, somebody? It's amazing. Amazing. He wants to serve. He's not starting a church. He's not building a church. He's just serving at his church. He says, now when he, he says, now when I speak to corporations, we start off by praising God, right? Because God made us on purpose and for a purpose. How many know God's doing a work in America? He's doing a work, but we're part of the core. I'm going to come and I'm going to serve. But no matter where you are, if you're, if you're a crowd, right? If you're a congregation, if you're committed, or you're the core, it doesn't matter where you're at, I will never look at you differently. But no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey with God, you're always part of the family. So turn your Bibles in 2 Kings chapter 7. There's so many great scriptures, so many great scriptures on family, great scriptures on being together in one accord, united in the same purpose, it was the same spirit. There's so many great scriptures, but I'm going to be honest with you today. God kept bringing me back to 2 Kings chapter 7. And this was during the time that they were at war. And the Syrians were coming over to a place called Samaria where the Israelites were. And what they did is they, they were at war, and so they, they sent the Armenians to around the city. And they're attacking at that time. Think about Las Vegas. Vegas is an island, right? It's like amazing city, nothing around us. And so what they did was they took their army and they camped all, all around the city. What a picture of what we're going through today. That we're inside the city, but we're surrounded by enemies. And the reason why they surrounded the city is so that they can stop or cut off any food going in or anything going out. And so when they cut off the city, the city began to experience great famine. They had no food. And what they do is they would cut that off, and then by the time they become so desperate, we're so hungry, we're going to die, then they would break out and try to fight the bad guys. But because they had no nourishment, no nutrients, no food, they were too weak, they would die and lose the battle. And that's what the enemy does, doesn't he? Just waits and waits and waits. But here's what the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3. It said, now there were four. There were four men with leprosy. And the Bible says they were at the entrance of the city gate. So that meant these leprous men had an issue, but they, weren't, they were not inside the city, but they weren't outside the city. They were, they were right at the gate, fully exposed. Now, the, anytime the Bible says there's leprosy, it was a real disease, a skin disease that occurred during this time. And the skin disease was known to be contagious, but what happens is their skin began to turn white, as their skin began to turn white, there's such an extensive study on this, but I'm going to give you the SparkNotes version. Their skin would turn white, it would be numb. And so the first stage, white. Second stage, it would go numb. The third stage, it would fall off. So they'd be missing body parts, eyeballs, had bandages all over the place. And so many times that can happen in our spiritual journey. I'm just doing life the way I know how to do life, but I've grown numb. I don't feel God anymore. I feel like I'm an outcast. 
I feel like I don't belong. You may be sitting in this room today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm not even part of the crowd. I'm way beyond beyond the crowd. I'm by myself. I'm alone. I feel nothing. I don't feel God. But also men with leprosy or women with leprosy, by law, they had to shout out their issue. By law, they had to walk around and go, unclean, unclean. Wouldn't that make dating relationships so much easier? Come on, somebody. You can laugh at this, right? Right? I'm a cheater. I'm a che- I'm faithful. Right? What do you say? Oh, no. Right? I'd be nice to everybody because I don't hear nothing, right? Come on over here. That's funny. I don't care what you think. But let me tell you this. Thank goodness we don't serve a God that wants us to yell out our issues. I praise God that, he, that we serve a God that wants us to shout out our identity in Christ. That God wants you to walk around and say, I'm God's masterpiece. I've been made on purpose for a purpose. God's going to use me for his praise and his glory. But the problem is, the problem is we don't believe it. We don't proclaim it. We don't say it. Here's the Bible says there was four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. And they had to yell, I'm unclean. I believe with all my heart, God wanted me to speak on this portion of Scripture today to remind us that you're not unclean. To remind somebody in this room today, because of what you did in the past, doesn't make you unclean today. That the Bible says, according to his word in John chapter 1, verse 19, verse 9, excuse me, it says, if we confess our sins. Remember, it doesn't say proclaim our sins. Can I get an amen? It doesn't say, Pastor, I'm unclean. It means get in your small group and say, hey, listen, I feel very unclean because of this. You know what your small group leader is going to say? You know what someone in your small group is going to say? They're going to say, me too. Me too. Let's do this together. The Bible says when we confess our sins to one another, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us. What a good God. Come on, somebody. To forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many know you are clean today? You are whole and you are holy in Jesus' name. But there's somebody in this room, maybe the entire room, because nobody clapping today. Come on. But maybe the entire room, we believe because we made mistakes, because we're unclean, I can't move from the crowd to the congregation. I can't move a congregation to committed. I can't move committed into the core. That I want to understand, you will never feel good enough. You'll never feel good enough until you know that you're more than enough. That you're more than a conqueror. That before God laid the foundations of this earth, he was thinking of you. He was thinking of you. God has a plan for your life. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I believe somebody needs to hear that today. But you're not unclean. You're not a throwaway. You're not an accident. You're not an oops. That God wants to use you because he created you on purpose, for a purpose. You are whole, you are holy. That whatever happened in that past, I know it's always going to be there. It's always going to be in the back, back of our mind. But God wants to say today is the day. Today is the day you know that you're whole. Second Kings chapter 7, it says, Now the four men with leprosy at the, gate, at the entrance of the gate, they said to each other, 
Why stay here until we die? I love that. Why stay here until we die? Verse 4, if we say, anytime you see a yellow word, I want you to say it out loud when I get to that word. Y'all ready? All right? Y'all ready? Because I'm hard of hearing. I need to hear you. All right, so if we say we're going to the city, if we say we're going to the city, the famine's there, then we will Good job. All right, so we got a little excited. I'm like, die. Right? Hey, calm down. But if we go into the city, then we will. But if we stay here, then we will. But if we go over to the camp where the bad guys are, we surrender. If they spare us, right? How many, how many don't live with ifs in your life, right? If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we will. So how many know there's three really bad options, right? If we stay here, we will. If we go to the city, we will. If we go to the bad guys, we will. And because you have three bad options, many of us just stay there until we die. But here's the thing. We're, we're, we're depending on our own strength and our own knowledge before we make a move. I'm here to tell you, we don't serve a common sense God. We serve a, a supernatural God. A supernatural God. He knows things. He does things when we move. How many know, some of you got friends in your life that are like, kill, 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 kill. That's Jason. Bad reference. All right, keep moving on. Somebody got it. Thank you so much. Oh, Jesus. But let me tell you this. I love the voice of the lepers. They said, why stay here until we die? Why stay here and do what we're doing day after day and just die? I love my Monday through Friday job. But why keep doing the same thing without reaching somebody? Why do the same thing without giving somebody an invite? Why do the same thing and continue to just die? To every single person in this room, you got that in your life. You got that in your heart. And God is saying, I put that there for a reason because I made you for more. Can I get an amen? But why stay here until we die? So I want to ask you today, what voices are currently in your life? Do you have people in your life that are saying, why, why are we doing this? Let's do more. Let's go to growth track. Let's get in a small group. Let's serve. Let's make an impact in our community. Let's serve with Project 150. Let's serve with Catholic Charity. Let's feed the homeless. Let's do more. You know what the powerful thing you could do in your atmosphere, in your workplace? You're like, Pastor Jeremy, I hate the vibe in my workplace. Why? Because there's voices in your life that you're listening to. Coworkers, bosses. You would be like if you bought a box of donuts on Monday morning and you're like, what's up, everybody? I love you guys. Here's donuts just because. What's your workplace do, right? They'll be like, she is on crack. I don't know what's going on. But how many know there ain't no high like the most high? Come on, somebody. But what is that? It's a vibe. That was really cheesy. Don't laugh at that. There's a vibe. I want to ask you, what voices are currently in your life? Because voices always leads to choices. Voices leads to choices. You can put that next slide up. Boom, come on, somebody. Voices lead to choices. I remember I was in the fifth grade. I was in the fifth grade. If you're new with us today, I'm completely deaf in this year. So if I walk by you and you say, hey, pastor, and I ignore you, doesn't mean I hate you or nothing like that, or ignoring you, I don't hear you. A brother cannot hear on that side. This is just for looks, just there. On this side, I'm 60% deaf. I wear a hearing aid. I've had a hearing aid since I was three years old. When I was 18 months old, I had spinal meningitis. And so I've always worn a hearing aid. I remember in fifth grade, I was so interested in music. 
I was interested in the instrument called the saxophone. And so there was this after-school program that just started, and they made an announcement. They had flyers out that you can go and join this free after-school program and learn to play the saxophone. And so I was like, this is it. This is my chance. I got this. And so I remember after school, I was so excited all day long, and I went into the, uh, into the workshop, and all of a sudden the teacher looked at me and said, what's your name? I said, Jeremy. And he said, what's, your, what's that in your ear? And I said, it's a hearing aid. And he said, oh, you, you can't play the sax. You can't hear. He said, you need to hear in order to play the saxophone. And I said, oh, okay. And I just remember that voice killed something on the inside of me that day. I said, oh, okay, my bad. You know, like, what would you say? Ha <laughs> yeah. And I walked out. And I remember that day, I said, I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to play instruments. I'm not going to get involved. That's obviously not my gift. Thank you, Jesus. Well, all of a sudden, in 2002, I, I uh, graduated I went, uh, went to seminary. I was traveling evangelist. I remember I used to speak in Sunday schools, and he was preaching the main worship experience. So I was done with Sunday school. I went into the worship experience in Alabama, the backwoods. And I was on the front row, and there was this worship leader, and, and she was singing. And I, all of a sudden, I began to notice she had hearing aids. And I went, what? What's going on? Is that in-the-ear monitors? Remember, they didn't have those back then. And so I was like, what is that in her ear? And after the worship, she was a phenomenal worship singer. Uh, she sounded beautiful. And so I went up to her and her husband, and I said, Do you wear, what, what's that in your ear? And she said, I'm wearing hearing aids. I said, shut the front door, right? Like, what? <laughs> I said, what are you wearing hearing aids for? She said, I'm actually a little bit deaf in this year. I'm extremely deaf. She gave me the percentages. And I, and I asked her, how in the world can you lead worship? Because I've been listening to some voices in my life that tell me I can't. So how come you can't? And she said, I never allowed the voices to dictate my future. Come on, somebody. Watch out, Nicole. Where you at? Hi. I'm kidding. I know my gift. What voices are you listening to? There's some voices in your life that are saying, stay there until you die. And that's the voice of the enemy. I believe this message is for somebody today. Because the voices are determining your choice to make a difference. You feel you're unclean. You feel like you can't make a difference. So therefore you're stuck. You're stuck at the crowd stage. Or you're stuck in a congregation stage. Or you're stuck at, the, at just the committed stage. Or at the core stage. Maybe you're stuck somewhere in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe there's wrong voices in your life saying you can't move from the crowd to make a difference. Maybe you got voices in your life that are saying you're just too busy to get involved. Maybe you're too distracted. Maybe you got some voices in your life that are simply just too negative. How many know we don't need any negative Nancys in our life in this season? I just need positive vibes. Care Bear Stare. Come on, somebody. You know what I need? I need godly voices in my life. I need people in my life that will say, perhaps God, Pastor Jeremy, perhaps God's going to do something amazing. Perhaps God's going to catapult this church into something extraordinary to help the hurting, to help the broken, so that we can make a difference in the city of Las Vegas. Not Jeremy, but Avenue. For God's praise. So i got to keep going. i got to keep going. Why stay this way? Because we must do something different. I want you to write this down. In order to grow, we must go. In order to grow, we must grow. Now, if you're new with us today, normally I'm like point number one, glory to God. Point number two, praise Jesus, right? I'm normally a point preacher, but God's been stirring something inside of me today. I got some preach on in me today, if that's okay. Yeah. But in order to grow, we must go. 
You know, I have, I'm, I'm a member of this place called Planet Fitness. It's terrible, all right? It's a terrible place. They expect you to lift things and, you know, it's called a gym. And when I go to the gym, I'll scan my card, I'll get on a treadmill, and I'll try to walk for five minutes, I'll lift weights, and then I try to do whatever cardio, and I say that so you're impressed. Come on, somebody. But I hate the treadmill. I hate the treadmill because, number one, I have ADD, all right? I hate the treadmill because I'll be on that treadmill, and they got TVs. I mean, I could catch up. I see everything. I know the news. I know what debate's coming up. I know what the Kardashians are doing, unfortunately. I know everything about every state. It's all up there. I know the weather. I mean, literally, if I work out in the gym, my wife's like, what's the weather going to be like today? Today's going to be a high of 65 with 10 miles by hour winds. <laughs> How do you know this? The gym. <laughs> but I hate the treadmill because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. And so many times we're treadmill Christians, aren't we? Right? Yes, I know everything and I see everything that's going on, but I'm not going to make a difference. How many know in order to grow, we must get out that treadmill and we must go. We must make a difference for God's praise and God's glory. Pastor Jeremy, I'm unclean. No, you're not. You've been made on purpose for a purpose. So let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to growth track. Let's get in a small group. Let's make a difference in our workplace, in our family. I'm not the father I want to be. Guess what? Go and be the father you want to be. Be the mother you want to be. Be the employee you want to be. If you, if you want to be a boss someday, then go ahead and become the best employee your boss has ever had. Go. In order to grow, we have to go. And so at dusk, the four lepers, they got up. They went to the camp of the bad guys. And when they reached to the edge of the camp, nobody was there. Man, I love that. I love that. I mean, I love a good Bible story where they're like, four lepers came up, became ninjas, right? Killed everybody, slaughtered them. Spoke with a loud voice. They shouted, ah, and the walls fell down. I love a good Bible story like that. This is a Bible story somebody needs to hear today. God can't move until you go. Because here's what it said. Nobody was there because the Lord had caused the Armenians to hear the sound of something that wasn't there. Heard the sounds of chariots and horses, a great army. They said, look, they're all coming. All the bad guys are coming. So they got up and they fled. They left. They took off. How many know the enemy has no power over you in the mighty name of Jesus? But he's waiting for you to move. I got my preach on today. Keep going, next slide, next slide. And they ran for their lives. I love this. This is, the, this is what Avenue Church is all about. Four lepers that had to shout unclean literally cleaned out an army because they went. Yeah. They went. They went. God is saying, just go. Just go. Every time you see someone morally fail in the Bible, God doesn't say, stay down there. What's wrong with you? God says, get up. I want you to go. Get up and go. But God, no, God, no, 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 go. God, but I'm, go, go. You know what the requirement to go is? To go. To go. You know, uh, my son, he's eight years old. But when he was right, one years old, he was our only child. And, and so I think, I, here's, here's my belief. Uh, raise your hand if you have more than one child, right? You have two, three, right? Raise your hand. There's ever so reluctant, right? You're like, ah, oh, Jesus, right? 
Here's my, here's my belief. Your first child, you want them to walk, right? And it's all cute. You get them to walk. Second child, you're tripping. Stay, stay down. That's just my belief, okay? Am I right? Wrong? Okay. But when he was one years old, we're trying to get him to take steps. Many of you know this story. I remember my wife's on the other end. We stood him up, and we said, go, buddy. And he took one step, fell down, picked him up. I said, come on, buddy, go to mom. And he took two, three, four, five, boom. And mom caught him. And we went, woo, right? We got our phones out. I moved the coffee table. I said, my boy needs the whole room. And we tried it again. We're cheering for him. We're so excited. And then the second try, he goes, one, two, bam. Right? Like his head is like a ton of bricks. Like, boom, falls down. And notice we didn't go, what's wrong with you? We didn't go, oh, you took a couple of steps and fell down. Take them back. Get rid of them. Disgrace. Broken. Don't like him no more. I could be a sports star someday. He's uncoordinated. No. We stood him back up and said, let's try again. You took a step. You took a step. We celebrate the steps that we all take. We celebrate the steps. That God will never say, you took two steps backwards, what's wrong with you? God's going to say, let's get up and let's go. Let's get up and let's go. Here's, I'm going to close. Worship team, come on back out. In Deuteronomy 20, verse 4, it says, for the Lord your God, for your Lord your God, he goes with you and he fights for you against your enemies to give you victory. Here's what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 14. This is for somebody that you feel anxious, afraid. It's been, you've had lack of sleep. I've been praying for you this week. We have a series I talked about last year, asking for a friend. I talk about depression and medicine and all that. I want you to take a listen to that. But I found a scripture for you today. It says, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. I don't know about you, if I was a leper man, me and my four buddies decided, well, we're going to die, 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 baby, bye, bye, bye. (laughs) If we go into the battle, that's just for you, Rach. We go into the battle. I don't know if I would have stayed calm. But God is asking for somebody in this room today to get up and to go, and you know exactly where it is you're supposed to go. But you're afraid, you're terrified. Sounds like you're going to uh, get, get killed, get hurt. Sounds like you're going to die. And God is saying to stay calm. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. The only requirement to go is to go. And this is what they said. The camp's wiped out, it's cleaned out. They have the spoils, they have more food than they can eat. Sounds like big family Sunday right behind here in the park. Come on, somebody. Hot dogs, chili. Thank you, Jesus. Vegan options, I guess. And they're eating. They're feasting. They got gold. They got money. They got everything. And they said, they said this to each other. Just four guys. The whole place to themselves. They said this to each other. What we're doing is not right. For this is the day of good news. We're keeping it to ourselves. We're keeping it to ourselves. Can I tell you, I have a bumper sticker on my car that says Avenue Church. Anyone else have it? I gave it to our entire A-team at the A-team party. I see nobody with that sticker on their car. 
Here's why. Because when I drive, I want to cut somebody off, and I go, boop, the Holy Spirit goes, you got a bumper sticker in your car that says Avenue Church. Right? And then I'm thinking, like, if I cut them off and they email the church, I'm going to get that email anyways, right? Right? Well, you should have merged when I... <laughs> right? If you're in the left lane, that means you go fast. Public service announcement. Right? You like that, huh? But the problem is, some of you in this room, come on, I'm preaching to you today. You got no Jesus stickers. You got no church stickers. You got nothing that represents Christianity on your car because you drive like, you're crazy. But here's the thing. The Bible says, why keep the good news to ourselves? The lavish, gift-giving God who created us on purpose and for a purpose have a free gift called salvation. When I started this church, we had to keep it a secret to honor our pastor, honor our church. We love our pastor. We love our church. But we had to keep it a secret until it was made public. I wanted to tell the world. When we had a miscarriage and lost a child, and then we were pregnant with Levi, we went to doctor visit, doctor visit. I was scared. I was afraid. But the Bible said, just stay calm. But when we got word that it was healthy, it was growing, I said, I want to tell the world, I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be a father. Bangarang. Sorry. Church, we got to get up, and we got to go. We got a mission field. We got to make a difference. If there's people in your life that are close to you but far from God, you work with them, you do life with them, you hang out with them, they're in your life for a reason. What we're doing is wrong. We need to tell the world about the good news of Jesus Christ. Will you stand with me, please? I'm going to close out as quick as I can. I, I went way too long today, but I believe this is a word for somebody in this room. Next week at the movies, it's going to be super fun. It's going to be amazing, quick 60-minute service. We're going to see people get their lives to Jesus Christ. But today, God's preparing us. God's preparing us that you're not unclean, but you've been adopted. You've been adopted. And here's what I learned about adoption. In the United States, if you legally adopt a child, and you have a child in their home, they take your name, and they're your, your, they're your son or your daughter, you've adopted them legally. By law, you could disown your own blood children. By law, you could disown them. But also, the law also says that if you adopt a child by law, you can never disown them. You can never disconnect yourself from them. They are yours forever. How many know God has adopted you? God loves you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And God wants to use you for his praise and his glory because you were made for more. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the reminder today that you created us on purpose and for purpose today. Thank you, God, you're moving people today. Thank you, you're moving us from crowd to congregation to committed to the core. Thank you, you're moving us from death into the light. Thank you, God, that we are now clean, we are now holy, and we are made new in Christ Jesus. But if you're here today, with every head bowed, if I close, I won't single you out. I won't embarrass you. But if you're here today and you say, I feel like an outcast. I feel like I'm contagious. I feel like God has kicked me to the curb. I'm here to tell you God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. But if you're here today and you say, I need hope. I need purpose in my life. I need Jesus.
might ask you to join our church, although I would love that. I'd be honored to be your pastor, but right now I would be honored to pray a prayer with you. And if that is you today, and you say, Jeremy, will you pray a prayer with me to get my life to Jesus, to take my first step, which we celebrate and we're honored to be a part of. Every head bowed, if I close, that is you. Just put a hand up, put it right back down. That's all I need to see. Yes, anyone else? Up, right back down. Yes, anyone else? Up, and right back down. That's all I'm going to do. Yes, yes, anyone else? Up, right back down. Come on, people are taking a step today. Amazing. Amazing. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, say, I need you. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, thank you. Say, I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody, give God a shout today. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.